Well, it's so good to be in the house of God. And it's nothing like being corporate worship, and it's nothing like having dinner with our Father and Lord. Nothing like it. So today, last week, Pastor TJ gave us a message on dispelling delusions. He talked about atheism, and also talked about believers, on how believers tend to want to live the way they want to live and not live in the light. But we know, as believers, that Christ exists. We know that he exists. But what happens, sometimes our logic get in the way of our faith. And sometimes we use logic to try to make things fit together. But you know, we live in an upside-down kingdom. It's not always according to logic. It's according to belief. And when we try to use logic, we sometimes we ask ourselves questions like, well, why am I here? We ask ourselves, what does he want me to do? Or what does he want me to be? Or who do he want me to be? But most of all, we ask, what is God's purpose in our life? Today, we're going to confront each each one of these questions. And by the time we finish, you're going to know that you are worth a lot to God. And God is investing a lot into you. So before we go any further, whatever you use for your word, I use the Bible because I'm not good on all of the computer stuff. But if you use the iPad, whatever you use for your word, would you please get in your hand and make this declaration with me. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I hear. I am not moved by by how I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the word of Father God. And this that I hold in my hand is Father God's word. I am who Father God says that I am. I can have what Father God says I can have. And I can do what Father God says I can do. Father God, thank you for equipping me with your word. Now, Father, right now I come to you, Father. I decrease that you might increase. Father, whatever comes out of my mouth, Father, let it be from the Holy Spirit. Let your words be the one that you want your people to know on this day. And, Father, I declare that every heart is prepared to receive the word. I come against any tiredness. I come against any inattentive. And, Father, that, 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 that your spirit go forth with boldness, conviction, but with simplicity, Father, to touch every heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. You know, I don't know why letters are getting smaller these days. You know, they're getting smaller and smaller, you know. So I have to have some magnification. But we often say, well, God, why did you make me? And you know, when, when we say, why did God make us, we have to start from the beginning. So we got to go to Genesis. So go with me to Genesis 1 and 26. I'm not going to read all these verses. 
I'm not going to just read the one that's pertinent, but you know the location. So in your time, when you go back and review, you go back and read all the, read all the verses. But I'm going to start at Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So our first, our first uh, our job was to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And then the best thing about it, I'm going all the way down to verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning was the first day. See, God made us for his pleasure. He made us to replenish the earth and to have dominion. But you know what happens in Genesis? See, I believe the Bible from Genesis to maps, but I'll say from Genesis to Revelation. And we go to Revelations, we can also see in Revelation 4, and I'm starting at 11 verse. I'm reading from the King James Version. And the elders around his throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. See, God created us for his pleasure. So what we need to do is to think of the thing that gives God's pleasure. What pleasures God? So it's five areas I want to touch on this morning. The first area is prayer and fellowship. Now, could you imagine going hours, days, weeks, or maybe months without speaking to your natural father? Now, how do you think our Heavenly Father feels that he's out of fellowship? That you don't pray and commune with him? Because you're taking away everything that he wants to do for us because you're out of fellowship. God's get pleasure out of us fellowshipping with him. When we go to him and say, our Father who art in heaven. At that point, we got his attention. Because he's pleased with his kids coming to him. Just like our natural father be pleased. That we go to them, Father, I need this. Or, or, or Father, what, 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 what can you do, do for me in this area? Our, our heavenly father is no different. The only thing we got to do is go to him. The second thing I want to touch on is faith. You know, I think it grieves God more than anything for him to feel that he cannot confirm his word. I think that grieves God more than anything. That what he says, and we don't have enough confidence in it, to go to him and say, Father, you said this in your word, and, and I'm holding you to your word. That's what God wants to hear. He wants to confirm his word with signs following. He wants to show us miracle signs and wonders. But we hurt him when we don't believe that he can actually do what he says. In Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of those that diligently seek him. So to come to God, we must believe that he is God. And out of that is a reward. Because he is the reward of those that diligently seek him. If I come and say, Father, you are my father. And that's the first thing we need to do in the morning is recognize him as being our father. That's the first thing I do in the morning. Father, I recognize you as being Lord of my life. And from this point, Father, you will guide me through this day. He takes pleasure in that. In knowing that he can guide his children. That he can hold his children and, and take them through the situations of the day. You know, without hurt, harm, or danger. Boy, it's good to have a father like that. And the third thing is obedience. Anybody would love obedience. Even I would love obedience. If I could tell my, my children something, then all of a sudden I know in my heart that they're going to get it done. Everyone loves obedience. So let's go to 1 John 1. I mean, 1 John, I'm going to start at the third verse. The 22nd, third chapter, 22nd verse. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So the only thing we got to do is be obedient. Do the things that God, that's pleasing in his sight, and God will reward us openly. He loved obedience. And number four, evangelism. That's what we're here for. When we receive the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. When we go out and evangelize, God is pleased with that. And I want to go to Mark 16. Start at the 15th verse. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Brothers and sisters, that is our commission. To preach the gospel to every creature. Whether they want to hear it or not. But during that time we're led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us. You know we have to ask the Holy Spirit to, to ask how to administer the New Testament. Because you don't want to drive someone away when you're ministering to them. So you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you when you are ministering the New Testament. When you are evangelizing. Don't do it out of your flesh. Because the only thing you're doing is driving a wedge between you and that person that you're evangelizing. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In Romans 10, 14 and 15, I love the scripture. It says, how then shall they call on him whom have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So how could the world know about our Jesus if we don't go forth and preach to him? How would they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And is it written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings and good things. So God take pleasure in us going forth. God take pleasure in us evangelizing. God take pleasure in us spreading the gospel to every ear that we hear and every heart that we receive. He take pleasure in it. God will also take pleasure in praise. 
You know, when God say, I inhabit the praises of my people. That's why corporate worship is so important. You know, when we're in the presence of God, and I'll get to this later, but in God's presence, we are never the same. When we have experience with God's presence, his very presence, you know, it's a song out called, let me get it right, your presence is heaven to me. Have you ever thought about that? His presence is heaven to me. You know why? Because this is not our home. And when we're in the presence of God, it's like that we are home. We're going home. So when, we, when, we, when we're in his presence, it is like heaven to us. It's like heaven to us. Because we're just here visiting. This is not our home. But God said, I will put you at home in my presence. In my presence in the fullness of joy. In my presence. So our praise is important. And there's many scripts that cover praise. But I'm going to go to Psalms 100. Fourth verse. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Bless his name. And when we bless God, he's pleased with it. He is pleased with it. And I'm going to another area that we often say when uh, uh, our logic gets, gets in the way. What does he want me to do? Well, God, what would you have me to do? But you are a divine creation. You are divine for something very specific. You know, just like Pastor T.J. was talking about last week, how you, you, you get a book, and the book is put together, binded in logical order. And see, God has already decided on what he's going to do with you. The only thing we got to do is be available. He's already designed it. And he said in his word that before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You already possess specific gifts and talents from the Lord. Just as God talked to, to Jeremiah, he said the same thing to you. I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. And then you think about, okay, God, what you want me to do? What do you love? What do you hate? What grieves you? See, these things that God, these are the things that God has instilled in us. And the things we love, we follow after those things. The things we hate, we try to put an end to it. You might hate violence. You might, you might hate seeing the poor on the streets. You might be grieved by, by, by battered women. If that grieves your heart, then God, God instilled that into you, and that might be your calling. Because we fall out the things we love. We try to correct things we hate. Now, don't say you can't hate because God said, be angry and sin not. So he did put a hate in you. Even God said he hates some things he hates sin. So something that you hate, God instilled that into you. It may be your ministry and your calling to correct that thing that you hate. 
And correct that thing that grieves you. Not just the things you love, the things that grieves you. God gave you that feeling for a reason. If it grieves you, then do something about it. So, when, so the things that we, that we feel that we're asking God what to do, just look into ourselves. Because God has already implanted in us. He's already given us that special assignment to correct the things that we love. I mean, to, to fall after the things we love, correct the things that we hate, and settle the thing that grieves us. So that's what God wants us to do. I want to go to Romans 12, 6, and 8. Starting at the sixth verse. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Well, the prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, or teaching, or he that exhorted, or exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it. With simplicity, he that ruleth, with diligence, he that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. So whatever direction that you're in, do it at the best of your ability. If you prophesize, then prophesy through the Holy Spirit, through the best of your ability. If you teach, then teach with all diligence. If you're a ruler, then rule well. This week, um, I found out I'm, I'm, I'm a contract worker. So I found out our contract going to end, and, and I don't know when it's going to pick back up. So I'm at peace with it. I'm at total peace with it, because God has never failed me yet, and I know it. And he's not going to start now. So that morning, Brother Landon sent me an email. And it said the vexer, vexer, the exact same thing that's in this verse. It only solidifies me that, you know, whatever I do, just do it well. Do it as unto the Lord. And that's all we need to do, as unto the Lord. God wants you to pursue those dreams and goals that you love. What you, desire, what you desire the most is usually what you are already gifted to accomplish. So those things that you desire most, you're already gifted to accomplish them. Like I said, the things that you love, the things that you hate, the things that grieves you. The next one, what does God want me to be? Or who does God want me to be? And I'll go to Ephesians 4 and 11. Start at 11 first. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the protecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I put the scripture in because everyone cannot be an evangelist. Everyone cannot be an apostle or prophet. Or a pastor. But everybody can and should be a servant. You know, Jesus gave a parable in Luke. And it was, a, a, it was of a Lord that was leaving. And in, in Luke 19 and 13 verse he said, 
And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I come. You know, the occupy has several different meanings. One means to stay busy. But also that occupy is a military term. It means that you go into a country and you take it over and you so-called occupy. But when you occupy it, you occupy it according to the laws and the rules of the person that's invading. In other words, you go into that country and you take it over, but they're subject to your rules and your regulations. And see, that's what Jesus was saying. See, Jesus was saying, look, I'm leaving. But I want you to occupy until I return. And what is, he, what, what, what is he telling us? He's saying, I want you to be me until I come back. I want you to do the thing that I would do on this earth until I come back. And in John 14, he made it plain. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If I wouldn't have told you, it wouldn't have been so. But I go to prepare a place for you, and I will receive you unto myself. But if I go, I will return again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, that you may be also. See, Jesus made it plain. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But you stay here and occupy and do the things that I would do. See, Christ is still ahead, but we're the body. And the only way things get done on this earth is that we do them. Because the scripture said, whatsoever is, is, is bound on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever loosed on this earth is loosed in heaven. Until we do something here, it's nothing in heaven going to move. And that's who Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to be him, to do the things that we would normally do. See, when Jesus, you remember when Jesus and, and on the, uh, the centurion, when he came up to Jesus about his servant, and he said, oh, Lord, you don't have to come. Just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. And brothers and sisters, we got to get to that point where now we just speak the word. We speak the word and change things on the other side of town. We speak the word and change things on the other side of the country. We speak the word and change things in another country. We got to get back to that point where we just speak the word just as Jesus did. You know, a lot of times you think about mission statements. I have to write a lot of mission statements. Probably more you don't wrote more mission statements than I have. But if you had to write a mission statement on yourself, what would you write? What would you write if you had to do a mission statement on yourself? What I did, I went and tooled a couple of mission statements. I, I just want to read one or two of them. This first one. My purpose for being on this earth is to help others recognize, develop, and use their God-given intuition, ability, intuitive abilities to ease suffering, to grow in goodness, love, compassion, and wisdom. My mission is to help take away fear, the fear of death, by proving that we don't die and we see our loved ones again. And the fear of living by showing how 
we can tap into the wisest, in our wisest selves and make our lives much happier and easier. My desire is to help each of us connect to the love that is eternal. That is the reason for our existence. That was one mission statement. And the next one just is simple. It says, I want to be part of God's plan of what he's doing on earth and what to bring him and to do what will bring him glory. That's simple. Just be a part of his plan. Just do the things that will glorify him. We're talking about the mission statement. And that throws me off into the last point that I want to make. What is God's purpose in our lives? Because that's what we always ask. Well, God, what is your purpose in our lives? I want to go to Psalm 139. Start at the 13th verse. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. See, God possesses our reins and uses us not by ability, but by availability. I was overseas, and uh, we had a praise and worship team. Uh, our bass player left. I mean, he just, he just no, the bass player didn't left. Someone else left, and the bass player had to take over the keyboard. And uh, I had a bass. I probably played it three months in high school. I went off to the Marine Corps. I brought it to, the, I brought it to my first duty station. Somebody ripped it off, so I never had the bass since. So here it is, 26 years down the road, and he asked me, could you play the bass? You know, but but I made myself available. And what God did is almost miraculous. Because when I when I availed myself and said, okay, God, I'm 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 gonna try to do this. And God gave me the ability, if I could make the sound with my mouth, my fingers knew where it was on the frets. And I was amazed with it myself. I would go around out, boom, 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 just doing the, bla- doing the bass line with my mouth. And every sound I made out of my mouth, I can find it on the frets. Sometimes the, 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 the director will come in and say, Joe, what key we in? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's the key we in. <laughs> and that was so unused that I could make a sound with my mouth, but I can find it when I'm playing the bass. It was miraculous. And now ask him to do it now. See, God uses you through your availability, not your abilities. God don't look for you for your abilities. He looked to see if you are available. You got to make yourself available to God, regardless of what your talents are. He gives us talents. He gives us things that we love and things we run after. But if we never make ourselves available, God could never use us. We got to be available. And you know, it's through... It's through the times of God's presence, through those, when we encounter God in those presence. When Pastor T.J. Asked me, asked me to teach, and 
And I started studying, on, and, and the Holy Spirit told me what he wanted to teach on. But every time I went in my prayer room to start preparing for this message, I got heavy. You know, the Spirit of the Lord got on me saying, uh, are you satisfied with where you are? You know, brothers and sisters, we cannot be satisfied. We cannot be satisfied with the status quo. We cannot say that we're satisfied with where we are right now. Because there's so much more out of there, so much more out there. We have miracles, signs, and wonders happening all around us, but not right where we are. We got to want more. We got to desire more of God. We got to make ourselves available to him. You know, when I was in, going back to Okinawa, and all of us had encounters with, the whole, had encounters with God, some of you remember more than others. But when I was overseas, and this was years and years ago, I wanted the ability to speak in, I wanted the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I was from an old school. Oh, you got to tarry, you got to stay on your knees all this time, and, and, and you know, you wait on this particular feeling. So it never came to me because I was waiting on a feeling. And one morning when I was in the prayer room, because we had a prayer room set up, and it looked out over the, over the, over the, over the ocean to the, to, the, uh, to the sunrise. And one morning I went in that room and I told myself, God, I'm not leaving here until something happens. I'm not leaving this room until something happens. And that was first, my really first encounter with the presence of God. Because he came in that room and it's like he was sitting right next to me. And I could not move. I was almost slain under the spirit. And at the time when I sensed his presence, the Holy Spirit just spoke through me. I mean, tongues were just, just rolling out. And I felt at that point, you know, I know that God resides in me. I know that God is real because he's in me. The fear of death immediately left. I don't fear death anymore. I want to do the things I need to do on this earth, but when time for me to go, hey, I'm ready. Doing that encounter. See, when you enter the presence of God, when you're in an encounter with the presence of God, you are never the same. God changes you. And that's what he was doing to me this week. He was changing me. That's why we can't be comfortable about where we are. See, we are the church. And the church is the vehicle by which Jesus Christ speaks, acts, and moves. So if we never do the thing that Christ wants us to do, then Jesus is sort of stagnant until we do the thing that we need to do here in the church. Brothers and sisters, we need to go back. We need to get to the point where we are not satisfied with where we are. Because the world will not change until we change it. The United States will not change until we change it. Governments will not change until we change it. Like I said earlier, until we do something on this earth, heaven can't move. Until we take responsibility of who we are, we are the church. 
And each individual make up a, a, a very important part of that church. So we have to become available to God. We have to make ourselves available. We have to yield to him. We have to, you know, we need to, to ask for those encounters. Say, Father, more of you. More of your presence. Let me be available to you. Use me. And believe me, God will use you. And the whole while preparing for this message, I said, Lord, don't let me get up there and start shedding tears. Because that's what I was doing all week. Every time I went in that prayer room, God broke me down. Saying, look, it's time for the church to move. It is time for each of us and each of you to start yielding to what God wants to do in your life. Because until you do, I can stand up here and preach to you and say, and raise your hand and, and pray over, but until you make that decision, nothing is going to move. See, Justin, would you start playing that for me? You know, one songwriter put it best when he was saying about the presence of God. He said that each time we encounter the presence of God, we'll change forever. And he said that I won't go back. I can't go back. Not to the way it used to be. Because the presence of God came and changed me. So brothers and sisters, every time we enter that encounter, we can't go back to the way it used to be. We need to keep moving forward. And what we need to do, we need to surrender to God. All that we have, we need to surrender to Him. Let Him have the reins. Like I said in the Scripture, let Him take the reins. Don't be trying to control on what we need to do. The only thing we got to do is make ourselves available. Make ourselves available to God. And withholding nothing. Let it all go. Let God have what he instilled in you. Because we're not our own. We were bought with a price. So what God says, let him have it. Let's surrender to him. Because until we do, brothers and sisters, the world's going to stay stagnant. It was a good evidence of the elections this year. A perfect example for the church to step up and do what they needed to do. God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us to do what we need to do. Surrender to him. Withhold nothing from him. A few weeks ago, I thought I came, I was giving the offering. I said, Aren't you glad that we have an all-in God? But God need an all-in people. We need to give it up. We need to give ourselves away to Him. As God used me. All that I have, I give to you right now. Right now. Right now. But please stand.
give myself away. Father, we take this time as an encounter. As an encounter with your presence, Father, we're in your presence. And you said in your presence, Father, we're never the same. You said in your presence is the fullness of joy. And Father, we, we use this encounter, Father, to, to, to move forward, Father, not be satisfied with what's going on in the world right now. Father, you said that miracles and signs and wonders will follow those. And Father, we, we declare right now that miracles, signs, and wonders will follow us. Father, we declare when we speak the word, Father, it shifts the atmosphere. Father, when we speak, Father, something happened in the spiritual realm to come over to the physical realm and cause things to happen. Father, we're not satisfied. We won't be satisfied with the status quo. Father, we want more of you. More of you, Lord. And we surrender ourselves to you right now. Use us, Lord, in every instance. Father, use us for your good. Because you are the head and we are the body. Father, use the body. Let us come and let us come and be jointly fitted together to do the things of the gospel. Father, we love you. And we adore you. But Father, this day we do submit to you, Father. We give you total submission right now. We submit our will to you. We submit our talents, our treasures. Father, we submit to you right now that you use us for your glory. And Father, all that we do and all that we accomplish through all the ability that you have given us, Father, that you be glorified, that you receive the glory. And Father, we thank you. We love you. And we adore you. Brothers and sisters, I'm looking for my glasses. On this week that's coming up, and this holiday and this holiday season, let God use you. Submit to Him. Say, Lord, I'm all in. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to accomplish, Father, use me. I'm available. Don't worry about my abilities, Father. I am available. I make myself available to you. Because we are his arms. We are his feet. We're his toes. Nothing moves on this earth until the church causes it to move. So brothers and sisters, let's make ourselves available to God. Let's make ourselves available. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this encounter. Because the presence of the Lord is here. And if you're ready to make that change and, or, 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 or say, Lord, I'm submitted to you. I repent for the times that I put you on the back burner. I repent of the times that I didn't put you first. I repent of the times when I did not submit you. When you said go, I did not go. I repent of those times. And from this point forward, I'm totally submitted to you. I'm totally submitted to your will. That I have purpose in my life. And the only thing I have to do is submit to you and my purpose will be fulfilled. I know I read over a little, a little longer. 
Um, but if that's you and you want to move forward from this point forward, just raise your hand and, and submit to him. Say, Lord, I submit to you right now. I give over to you all that I have, my talents, my treasures. I give to you right now. My time, I give to you right now. Father, that you can accomplish the thing that you want to do. That your will and your purpose and your covenant will be restored to this earth. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you.